It's Real Talk with Raylene Chalinor, foster care and adoption. Hi, and welcome back to another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Chaloner, and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. And today's Real Talk is with myself. Yes, several people have encouraged me to tell our foster care and adoption journey, so that's what we're going to do today. Our journey started several years ago. Andy was an associate pastor in the suburbs of Milwaukee in Wisconsin, and I was, well, a fabulous pastor's wife, of course. (laughs) We had purchased a three-bedroom home, and I remember at the time saying, Lord, it's just the two of us. Andy and I had been married at that point about 13 years, and I remember thinking, we have no biological children. Why do we need a three-bedroom home? But the Lord just worked it out, and it just became so clear that that was the place for us. So anyway, with that in the back of my mind, two years into the ministry, Andy and I start having conversations. We're both feeling the same way. Like the Lord is stirring something in our hearts, like something is next or I don't know, we just had this, can I call it a holy discontentment? And in that kind of feeling, we started reading different books. And I remember one called The Gutter by Craig Gross really just kind of stuck out to me. Like, Lord, we're in this really nice community, but I feel drawn to help the least of these. Well, where where are the least of these in this area? So with that in our hearts and our minds, we begin talking to the Lord about like direct us. What is next? One Sunday after church, I remember hearing one of our elders wives, whose name is Laura, talking with a group of people about this ministry that an ex-social worker woman, her name is Sue, had to single moms in the inner city of Milwaukee. What she did was she would match up these single moms with families in the suburbs and the families in the suburbs would go into the city and take kiddos from these moms and bring them out and and have them for a couple of days and give mom the well-deserved break she needed and then also it would give the children just a different perspective it would get them out of the city to breathe a little and see what life was like in the suburbs. So as I heard her speak about this, my heart like just did flip-flops. I got so excited. I went home and I told Andy all about it. And we both at the same time were like, this is what we're supposed to do. Have you ever felt that way where it's just like total confirmation? It's so awesome when the Lord does it that way. And it doesn't always work that way. But in this instance, it did. And it was fabulous. So anyway, we got in touch with Sue and we said we'd love to do this. And about, I don't know, 10 days to two weeks later, we get a phone call. And Sue says, I have this woman down in the inner city who has been abused badly. And uh, she has a two-week-old baby. And she would love for you guys to help her out and give her some respite while she recuperates. Well, that was it. We were in. Down we go to a place in Milwaukee where, quite honestly, and I know we're talking about racial stuff right now, it's all on the news, and so I will say this, Milwaukee is extremely racially divided. It has been and and will continue to be until people really decide to 
love, basically. We just, we got to love. So anyway, this was a particular place in Milwaukee where, quite honestly, white people were not welcome. And so off we go. And uh, there we are in this home of people we've never met and this woman who we've never met. And she lifts up her baby boy to me and puts him in my arms and completely trusts me with her son. She gives me his medical card. We sign a few things, really not knowing what we're signing. And off we go. I remember turning to her and saying, you call and whenever you want your son back, we will bring him back. And she smiled and said, okay. Well, a couple days later, she asked for her son back. And we find ourselves driving back down into the inner city of Milwaukee and meeting baby daddy. And they invited us into their apartment. And this was the beginning of a beautiful friendship between our family and theirs. And I remember, I was probably a year later into our friendship where mom shared with me that they had never had white friends before. They had had white people in authority over them, police officers in their lives, social workers, attorneys, bus drivers, teachers, landlords, but never friendship with white people. And I have to say, the fact that they allowed us to be their friends uh, was just an amazing privilege and one that uh, we've never taken for granted. And we're still friends to this day. Anyway, because of this friendship and what we had started with them, they trusted us with two of their other children, another little boy and little girl. And now we were taking their kids on Thursday and bringing them back after church on Sunday. And we did this for about four months. Then one day we get a phone call from Children's Hospital saying that baby boy had had several seizures, very severe. His electrolytes were all off. Mom had been watering down his formula, not to abuse him, but because she was trying to make his formula last until she got her next WIC check. And because of that, he wasn't getting what he needed. So the ambulance was called, then social services was called, and the other two kiddos had been placed in a foster home, and baby boy was fighting for his life. They asked if we'd like to come down and say goodbye. Now, this is where real talk gets real, guys, because it's very humiliating and humbling to share this part with you. But, and remember, I was a pastor's wife at the time, but again, we are just real people. So on my way down, I'm crying and I'm asking the Lord to just take him quickly. Please don't let him suffer. Was I praying for healing? No, I was not. (laughs) Oh man, it's just embarrassing. And I'm just so grateful for God's grace. But there you are. So we go down and we say goodbye and we cry and we pray over him and and we wait. And the next morning we got a phone call from a social worker saying, well, nobody can explain it, but baby boy made it through the night and the parents are asking if you guys would be his foster parents. And so we said, yes, of course. And that is how our foster journey began. Crazy just crazy. I would not suggest it. (laughs) Go through the proper channels, get licensed, do your classes. That's the recruiter in me telling you to do it the right way. Praise God for his protection on young and foolish kids because we didn't know what we were doing other than saying yes to what we knew was a need. Now I want to share this with you. 
we brought baby boy into our home and we had him for two years. After a year of those two years, we also brought his brother and sister into our home and they lived with us for the remaining you know, year, year and a half. So we had baby boy for a total of two years. Then the phone call came saying an aunt was willing to take all three of them. And that is when I went into his room after he left, packed up all his things, took him to his aunt's house, went back to his room, laid on the floor for two days straight. It was anguishing. Is that a word? It was horrible. Never, ever had I felt grief like that. And quite honestly, very angry. Angry at the Lord for opening my heart and home to these little people. And then he took them away. And also in a racially segregated city where I wasn't sure if I was going to be allowed to be a part of their lives anymore. Now that the aunt was involved. Mom and dad were great. They loved us and we loved them. But I did not know this extended family and I just wasn't sure. And so basically it felt like he was, they were dead to us and it was horrible. And so I grieved for two days and then it felt like the Lord was saying, okay, daughter, enough is enough. Now it's time to get up and move on. And so I did, I got up and showered and came back to the land of the living. My beautiful husband, bless his heart, you know, just didn't know what to do, but did a great job of caring for me during that time. But uh, just really crying out to the Lord saying, father, we as a couple were fine. 15 years of no kids. I was not the type of woman or little girl even that dreamt about her wedding or how many kids she would have, or what their names would be. I didn't dream of any of that. And then when we found out, you know, we weren't really able to have children, I was absolutely okay with that. And I know that sounds strange, but I felt like not grieving the loss of not being able to have kids was God's grace to me because I never really felt like I wanted to have children. And there were a couple of reasons for that. One, I was fearful of bringing children into this world, not only because I didn't want them to have my nose, (laughs) that's a joke, but because of the way the world is. I felt like God was being gracious to me by not allowing me to bring children into this fallen world. And also, if I did have my own kids, what if they did not choose to follow Jesus? What if they decided it wasn't for them? Well, I felt like I was better off just not bringing kids into the world. And then the Lord goes and lets me have these three beautiful children for two years. And I just thought, what the deal? What's the deal with this? (laughs) Why would you do this to me? And I know some of you have gone through this as foster parents. I know it. And I know some of you are probably going through that feeling right now. So you're looking for answers. Guys, Jesus is just so good. He he will heal that part of your heart that you have allowed those kids into. And can I tell you that, that this might not be the end of the story? Remember, I told you I wasn't sure if I was going to still get to be a part of these kiddos' lives. Well, 
I am. We are. We're still friends with the family, mom and dad. The aunt has allowed us to be friends on Facebook. So I see photos. I send them photos. I have gotten to FaceTime and talk with. And then when you listen to part two of this interview, which will be next week, I will tell you what God did, the amazing thing that God did with our sweet little family, moving us into the inner city of Milwaukee, opening a ministry to our neighbor kids and kids from hard places in the inner city. And who walks through the doors one Saturday night is those three kids who then with his mama is sitting on my couch in the hood, as my friends in the hood call it. I'm allowed to say that. Sitting on my couch with his mama, eating popcorn, and we are giggling and laughing. Yes, those same three kids. So as I was grieving for those two days, thinking I will never get to see him again or them again, God knew, oh, daughter, just hang on. It's going to be a fantastic journey, and I'm not done. So to you out there who might be struggling today, you guys, I'm ugly crying, so I'm glad this is radio. Hang in there. You have no idea what God's got planned for those kiddos that you have opened your home and heart to. You have no idea how he's going to redeem the time how he's going to redeem your grief, how he's going to use your story in other. So hang in there. God's got a plan. He's going to redeem. He's got you. He's got those kids. So with that, I love you and leave you. It's bye for now. From me, your host, Raylene Challoner. this has been another Real Talk. So what exactly are essential oils and what can they do for you? Well, they can play an important role in your family's health. We'd like to introduce you to Jody Randolph, developer of Creating Healthy Families Naturally. Jody is passionate about helping moms understand the importance of physical, emotional, and financial success with the use of doTERRA essential oils. Learn more about her weekly classes at jodyrandolph.com or call 928-899-7257. Listen to the name. Journey Real Estate Investments and Management. Founded in 2008, they bring a new and vibrant experience to property owners like marketing, rigorous screening, drawing up leases, lease enforcement, rent collections, and more, all done with dignity and respect. And that's just the start. If you need property management, look to Journey Real Estate Investments and Management. 928-776-8464. That's 928-776-8464 or journeyazrealestate.com. Why would you ever add graphic design to your car? Well, because you own a business and need a moving billboard. Because you want to add a really cool accent color to your boring beige sedan. Maybe you'd like a natural graphic. Or you'd like to do something more creative with your company logo. Whatever you want. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design does it all. From partial wraps to full commercial wraps. Give them a call. 928-308-3568. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design. With a name like Zebrascapes, you've got to be good at what you do. So what does Zebrascapes do? Just listen. With summer right around the corner, they can create the yard of your dreams. From design and installation to maintenance, weed control, irrigation and yard cleanup, to tree care services. Zebrascapes Landscaping and Services, it says it all, and they do it all. 
Read all about them at zebrascapes.com or get the conversation started at 928-830-4061. Zebrascapes.